episode 127 of eventually super train the short-lived tv show podcast we cover short-lived tv shows that never got enough love eventually we will cover super train three shows at a time one episode at a time and in this one what are we doing we are starting off with a little um uh mr christopher Bly and myself doing some battlestar galactica and then tim s turner and myself doing some cold chat chat and then the great Kiki writes, A.K. Kristen Hawes, and I are talking all over an episode of Tales of the Gold Monkey. I think we should dive right in uh, because that's where the fun is. Listen. <laughs> Star Galactica, Fire in Space, December 17th, 1978. Christian A. Nibby, uh, the second, Nibby, the second, I've never ever got that name right, Tell, uh, directed it, uh, teleplay by Jim Carlson, Terrence McDonald, story by Michael Sloan, and this one, uh, some Cylon Raiders basically crash into the Galactica to cause trouble, and they do, and they, they hit the, the bridge, and they, they fly into one of those landing bays, and they start all sorts of fires, and they're trying to put out the fire, but a bunch of people are trapped, and Adama is badly injured, and um, they have to put out the fire and save the people, and looking at Wikipedia, um, uh, there's a part of a sentence that says that a bunch of survivors in the Rejuvenation Center are relying on Boxy's robot Daggett Muffet to help them. I don't know how many words in that sentence I'm laughing at right now, but um, there you go. So anyways, this, that's Fire in Space, and Christopher and I are on the other side of this noise. Fire in Space. I like a title that tells you exactly what's going to happen, because then I don't have to think. And I'm here with someone else who doesn't like to think either, Mr. Christopher Bly. Chris, how are you? No thinking. How are you? What's happening? I'm pretty good. Just, you know, kind of surviving here in New York, yes. you know, but oh, cool. uh, things, but uh, ready to get along, get along to the galaxy, yes, and get let's do the this, Galactica let's do cast as we yes. do. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, and we're, we're kind of at the halfway ish point of the show right now. So, mm. um,. So hopefully the whole place doesn't burn up. That would be terrible if they had to. Oh, cross the fingers them. up like hell. Yes. Oh my gosh, wouldn't that have been something if they if the Galactica burned up and they had to just transfer to smaller ships as the show went on until they got oh, to why Earth? Not? It's a, I always I always said that should have been the way Independence Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and they were all like a ship from like Quark or Salvage <laughs> One with Andy Griffith. You know, they're all just or, crammed this. <laughs> or or something from the uh, Fireball XL Five territory. Oh right? yeah, that would be fun. That'd be fun. I bet you on one of these ships there are like marionettes. They just don't know. The, oh, it's got to be. It was, it was a, such a big area. But but let let me stop being an idiot and ask you, what did you think of the episode? 
well, it's uh, the best sum it up. It's the the towering Galactica Inferno, <clears throat> which is to basically say this could have been an easily an episode that was directed by Irwin Allen. In a lot of these cases, I thought it was an intriguing episode, even though some of our main people have kind of minor kind of uh, situations. It's kind of more of an ensemble episode than it is more like a, say, like a uh, Apollo and and Starbuck episode. It's kind of more like an ensemble one where we kind of not exactly an all star cast, but we have a disaster brewing from a situation that we're usually familiar with every week, which is basically, oh, we got you know, a possible Cylon attack. We've got to be alert. We've got to be ready. How are we going to do this? And this one, and they look like they're being successful, but decides one Cylon decides to go kamikaze on the Galactica, and now we have this situation a brewing throughout this whole thing. I th- I, one of the things I noticed in this episode, I'm just going to say because it's playing right now, is that several of the people seem to have like tablets, like modern day tablets. Did you notice that? Mm. Like, <clears throat> like the one guy who's with Colonel Ty, uh, and the one and the the doctor guy, he who has a better name than that. That's not his name, Doctor Guy. That would be funny if Doc, Doctor Guy. Yeah, Do, it's Doctor G. It's guy. Our identification of Doctor G. Gadbois, and he's 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 got the um, they've got these tablets which are kind of nice. Now that that is does not um. That uh, one way or another, that's not whether or not I like the episode. I, I think I think the thing about the episode is I love the I love the concept of it. I love sure. that it's it's a couple. Yeah, this these silence of one of them runs into the 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 uh, uh, the control center there, and one of them goes into one of the the docking ba- leaving dock. You know what I mean? The the yes. Ba- yes. Um, which is in a really nice shot too, where you see kind of come in and kind of turn upright a bit and explode all over the place. Mm. And so. Um, I, I like the concept behind it. The, the problem I had with it is that it, it never quite um, there there isn't as much um, you know it's like a towering inferno. There was as long as that movie is, there's always a constant build and build, and you know things right. get worse and worse. In this one, they keep telling you that things get worse, but basically they just keep showing like signs on doors. <laughs> That 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 are like, and they're different it's the doors. Same font, and yes. they're, they're the same font. I mean, it's like Green Acres font almost. It's like it's like the futuristic version of the Green Acres font that you used to see on the barn in Green Acres and stuff. And you would just like every few minutes, you'd see a, a rejuvenation center. You know, this spot, that mm. spot, and that's intercut with stock footage from the Guns of Navarone. Is that what that was? Cause that, I was trying I to figure up. out what the stock up, yeah. footage of like, because you know, it's like squeezed. It's, well, yeah, I don't know it's how the hell they got away with that because Guns of Navarone is a Columbia movie and this is yep. Universal. That's what I, I, I looked it up on the Battlestar Galactica, the wiki page, and uh-huh. I trust I trust them that they are, they're doing more research than I am. Because I was thinking more like, did somebody squeeze the footage from like Earthquake? You know, like, yeah, or, like that's you know, kind of what I thought too. Was maybe it was something from that. But then when I, I I paused it on a couple of the shots and I thought, okay, I haven't seen I haven't seen Guns of Navarone in a while, but I, that is that is ringing a bell. So, oh, so it's it's yeah, so, it's interesting how they used like a one that was not one of their movies and kind of well, it is kind of like I remember when the Six Million Dollar Man, speaking of which, mm-hmm. uh, did almost the same thing. For and I, I think even um, the Fall Guy did the same thing where they were using like stock footage from Capricorn One, which I was going oh, like it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like nobody's got the footage to this one, but it's like it's not the same studio. Yeah. But I, it's intriguing that they said somehow, some way, they probably used enough of it to say like okay, if we use it up to a certain point, 
then we don't have to pay a royalty yes, to it. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. Jay, Jay Lee Thompson ain't going to come after us and go, what the uh, hell yes. are you doing? Come on. But, uh, but in the end, the, the thing with the episode is that it's, it's, it's not, it's not a bad episode. It's just, um, it, it never builds the, um, tension and excitement quite that I wanted. It's, it's more like, um, see, like, like whenever it cuts to, to Starbuck and Apollo doing their thing, uh, out uh, laying down those little bombs or whatever the hell it is. They're, I don't even remember what they're doing now. Charges. Yeah. Yes, the charges. Whenever, whenever it cuts to them, it's it's like the the episode just like grinds to a halt. Mm. And the, other, the interesting thing is we don't we didn't know the fighters could actually have those other kind of shots in there. Yeah. Because they all, you know they, they don't exactly indicate of what exactly that kind of shot happens to be, but they have Apollo, Starbuck, and. Um, what? Jeez, Louise, I had her name on there. Uh, Sheba. 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 Yeah. Uh, yes, like I said, when you bring Ann Lockhart into into anything, <laughs> the stock has gone up. Yeah, I was gonna say you bring it, in, Christopher forgets what's going on. So there's no, there's no, don't even try it. Don't even try. Absolutely. It. It's it, so 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 overall, I think it's um, I I think I like it because it is everyone gets a little something to do, which is nice. Um. Uh, but um, but at the same time, it does it doesn't have the some, something is lost. I don't know if it's the direction, I don't know if it's the editing, but something is lost in in the build up of it. And um, I, I think part of it, of course, is that unlike a disaster film where you never you never really know who's going to live, who's going to die, or what's going to happen in this, you know they're going to put the fire out. You know yeah, pretty much how we're going to survive. You don't know how they're going to put the fire out. Yes, exactly. And, and so that's so that's the big build is how are they going to put it out? And and the question in the end is is how they put it out interesting enough to be the climax? And I would say, ish, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Very ishy. I mean, well, I will say this. You know, of course, I guess we know that at that time the rejuvenation center is outer space's answer to the rec room you know that one <laughs> that's basically that's basically what it is they hey, because they have your checkers foosball and all of a sudden you see ty in there go like what the hell is he losing at it looks like chinese checkers or some kind of furry version of it yes you know? yeah there's nothing and then of course boxy takes another step in manhood because mm-hmm. he's mastering doing that like bar curling so yeah, that, that thing. Games, yeah, yeah, that 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 thing where you, the little discs along the yeah, yeah. That's a fun game. We used to have when I was growing up. My my stepdad had had the bowling version of that, where you used to have the little discs and you would slide them along, and there were like bowling pins, and they didn't touch the ground, but there were little like hooks on the ground, and you would hit yeah. the hooks, and then we used to play that for hours. I'm sure there were more interesting things we could have done, but boy, we really loved doing that. Yeah, and it was kind of the it was kind of the bonus round that they did on Beat the Clock when um, mm-hmm. Monty Hall was hosting it. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like this, like okay, if you could get it into there, you could do it for five thousand, or, or you could yes. knock it off and do it with something else. There. Of course, him being Canadian and having a version <laughs> of curling on there, it only makes okay. sense. Yes, exactly. But and, uh, but then we have uh, what's his name, and then of course Muffet plays a Muffy plays a very key role in this and this a little thing called mushies. Yes. Yeah, my first thought Please, when they, talk they, about they the mushies. mentioned it on, I said, is it a tribble or is it a Scooby <laughs> snack? I have to figure this one out there. You know, it's like that. So, and then at one point we got Ty coming in there and having a whole tray of them. I yes. go like, so like, well, no so little Ty, Debbie exists here. Didn't know Ty could bake. You know, it's like, there's <laughs> a baking going, going on over on that bridge. You know, it's like, and of course, you know, it's like, well, you know, the bridge goes red, yeah. you know, that they're in trouble, you know, yeah. and it's, and a lot of it too, there's a lot of that, that 
that thing in it and um so if if you um if you i mean i guess i guess finally they give they give it something to do apart from just kind of stand around and just be cute i guess be the cute yeah. robot dog thing but but this it actually does something and it does actually in the end like where it saves the firefighter oh yeah and, is is and that's actually it was really weird to see this goofy looking dog thing like with with bad burns be yeah, brought in also, on a stretcher and it's affecting it, artificial intelligence too when you think about it oh, yeah, yeah. like, it's having the, the the instinct of okay you know i i know where this is and have the yes. path but now has the instinct to kind of say like okay i could i could save this guy too so yeah I like, um, yeah i like that and it's concept, funny that yeah. where we also learned that uh, boomer used to hotwire uh, yes. certain vehicles on caprica yeah. Uh, and yes, within that you do hear a frack coming from Boomer. So. Yes, and and you learn too that um I don't know the way like people's necks and things work in this universe, but um when the when the rejuvenation center is is hit and people fall down and everything, Boomer is kind of like jumping from person to person who's on the ground picking them up like by their neck. And going like, are you all right? Are you all right? I thought, I guess their necks are like dogs' necks or something. Like you can't really, like they're stronger than our necks because I would have thought, like he just, yeah. he just paralyzed like eight people. In it's the like, it's like get a hold of, it's like the get a hold of yourself moment, from the, the the shake and smack from an exactly. airplane. Psh, psh, psh. Yeah, exactly. Get a hold of yourself. Um, uh, um, there, there's a, there's a moment where. Because Adama gets hit pretty bad when they they smash the, um, not the cockpit. What do we call it? the command center? What is that? The, is that the bridge? The bridge. Right, it's right. just the bridge. The bridge. Um, and, I, and I will say, having said the bridge, this is probably the most sort of, in, in some respects, with the with the ensemble, almost the sort of the most Star Trekky or Star Trekking Next Generation mm. kind of episode of the show because everyone gets a little something to do. Everyone has a little something. They don't always. They're not always defined character-wise as no. they are on Star Trek. They're a little more generic, but but you do get to see everyone do something, which is which is even if I don't love the episode, I love I, I love what that adds to the series. Absolutely, and it's and, like uh, and it's interesting because when they go in to put out the fire, first off, we have like space fire marshals mm. in there. They all love have the McQueen guy. fire yep. suits from uh, Towering Inferno. They're yeah. silver and. <laughs> All that that big thing, and then Cassiopeia is helping out in the sick bay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Adama is kind of in groggy mode through most of this. Yes, and he has he has a there's a there's a weird moment at the beginning. I I forgot to look this up, but there's a um there's an SCTV sketch okay. where Eugene Levy plays. I forget who the lounge singer is, and it's someone like it's something like Paul Anka still alive. Do you remember that? Oh, one? that's uh, Perry Como. Perry Como still alive. And yes. there's a bit there's a bit at the uh, end. And there, there's a and, and like they he's always like either like leaning against something or sitting in something and there are two like I think one of them is Andrew Martin two like dancers yeah yes. going around them all the time yeah and, but but like the final bit is like him on the ground with his face pressed against the ground yeah. and his lips are kind of mushed up and, and like the microphone is <laughs> but there's like one finger gone and there's like the microphone is right up near his face and there's a scene in there where Lauren Green is basically doing the same thing. Where he's on the ground and he's like, "How many have died? We, well, we don't well, know they're, yet." They're, they're both Canadian, if you really think about it. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Maybe that's a thing. Yeah, yeah it, it could be. It could be something in that. You know, I often wonder watching this. What you know, if they had like you know, when they have all these ships and figures that they used to like for like you know the way Star Wars did. I keep on saying to myself, "Well, geez, what would, the rejuvenation center? What kind of place that would that would have looked like? You oh know, particularly in a case yeah. like that, you know." 
and it's a, yeah just yeah the tiny curling game and all the other stuff and you could sit around and play have fun and then here's some girders you can drop on them <laughs> here's a little dry ice now with dry ice not included <laughs> and then was it and then of course he goes he goes vipers will be our eyes mm. it's like well well let's hope that it does it's, it's like does that mean vipers are going to be the contact lenses of the world or uh, <laughs> or the cataracts we decide during this yeah. episode of you know, fire in space you know? I, I i think the 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 thing one of the things i do like about the episodes yeah that begins with the silent attack and once they've done whatever it was they're doing, is this a Baltar idea? It's not a bad idea, actually. Whatever, whoever came up with the idea, this was a good one. Do it again. Yeah, and, um, MI, but basically Baltar is MIA in this one, and any of those yeah, other and, beings and, there. And the Cylons, I think you only see them very briefly when they're like, you know, we will run into the controls, you know, the the the, the you know the bridge. You know, they're going to ram. They're going, going to ram. Yes, exactly, and. And it's, it's kind of interesting that it's sort of, I, I like the, that it's, they send in this fleet, and the fleet, the purpose seems to be to get through and just smash into the Galactica and then leave, whoever can leave, obviously. Those are, I mean, that's a pretty, I mean, I, I don't know, it's, it's not like a kamikaze thing, like if a robot does it, mm. is it? I don't mean to be rude to all the robots in history that we've loved, like Data, you know, and, and others, who, well, who, it would kind of be, be them going rogue, probably, you know, just in some way. I wonder if I wonder if that's what it is. Maybe like um maybe like like a bug in the Cylon system <laughs> said everyone smash into the Galactica. Yeah, so somehow a cyber fleet decided to go in there. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like like there's a rogue rogue Cyberman who ain't doing so great, and he's just gonna he's gonna gonna smash it because they they literally they smash into it, and the ones that can get away go away. And, and it's just gone, and they don't come back. Because they go one one in there, they go one in the like where they take off, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like you know, like fire, fire, fire. And and I, I remember if you get three fires in a slot machine, you get paid something. So. Hey. <laughs> um. Uh. So 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 yeah. So part of me just like story wise likes the fact that it just begins with this weird kamikaze attack from Cylons, and then they don't like they don't reappear in the end and they're like here they come they think we're burning and they shoot them all down no it's just like we tried it and maybe like Baltar and the others are like hiding behind a nearby moon like nope they put it out yep. yeah it's more like a self self serving like self uh, let's help ourselves in this one because you know yes. our ship is the one on fire damn it yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. but also too it's like uh, solium cells is a very key thing in there the, mm-hmm. the element known as solium is introduced into this oh yes yeah, solium yeah they talk about so the the I, I forget what they say about solium, but it comes up whenever something bad is going to happen. Don't let the sol so, don't let us lose our solium cells because then we lose the oxygen. We lose the oxygen. We lose the shim. We lose the shim. It's like it's, like, it's all this like catchy catch catch, and then uh, you know it's one of those things there. It's amazing that in a, in a thought like this, when they were trying to put this out, that they didn't have like a we didn't start the fire thing start going there. You know, oh, in the yeah. midst of all of this. Yeah. <laughs> because of the, it's a vacuum in space. Right. Things will handle itself, you know, the way that it will. You know, so it's. It's uh, I've got it on now, and um, uh, the the uh, Daggett there is going into the um the little tunnel. 
Mm. And, uh, you know, it's funny, it's funny. I don't normally like that kid, but I don't mind him in this episode for some reason. Yeah, well, yeah, he's not as uh, uh, annoying. But I could say this, you know, at least Muffy didn't run into a xenomorph over there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's God knows, you know, like, it's. I will say this, it did kind of precursor, you know, a lot of the tunnel work that went into, you know, said, oh, we got to, like, you know, go through the ducks in order to do that. Like, yes. Exactly. Go through too many ducks. And Towering Inferno, you know, because they both some were, good duck work. There was, yeah. there, was, there, was, there was, you know, windows, rooms, whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe a duct here and there. I mean, there's maybe things yeah. that fell down the duct, but they didn't really like travel into it, like maybe like the way Alien or Die Hard. Would yes. Be like. Yeah. Yeah. So this it. was kind of going. So it's going a little more to the inside. Uh, we got to yeah. credit Buffy for being like the almost like the, the monkey before you go to space. There, like the mm-hmm. little tester for that. And he got a bunch of mushies in the end. I don't know. He he yeah. just can sniff them out. He doesn't eat them, I guess. We don't. Maybe, yeah, we don't see if he, he you know, eat them or well. One one went into uh, what's his name, a Boomer's pants. Oh yeah, and all over. Oh, yeah, he got a I mushy. lost. I lost. I lost that that, that mushy. You know, it's like it's... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I lost your mushy. And we're looking to think. Okay, so it's green. It's like a like a you can't do that on television kind of green slime ho ho or something. I don't know what it is. Like a yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of like some kind of like creamy thing. I don't know if it's like something yes. that's like. I guess it's popular during like Easter time or something like that. I, I like that. It, I like that it's called mushy. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we got all these other names for things. You know, it's gonna take us twenty. Uh, it's gonna take twenty yarns for us to get across the universe. A lot of let's yarns. Let's have a pile of mushies. Yeah. yeah, let's have a pile of mushies. And you know, okay, now the ship sure. was doing blue shots. That was the other thing. Too. The <laughs> blue shots were what, like putting out the fire. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like it's white, but it shoots out blue. You know, it's like it, yes. It's like oh, maybe it's maybe it's got it. Maybe it's got it. I kept on be th- thinking of that scene in High Anxiety with um, Ron Carey where he's got, I got it, I got it, I got it, I don't got it. <laughs> and basically I said, I equate that with the shot that Sheba puts to the the thing where it looks like, oh, it looks like they got it. And then all of a sudden, like two minutes later, relights up, go like, I ain't got it. This is... <laughs> oh, there, there is one moment, because I have it playing here, which... Um... I think may have confused some people on. Uh, I think I think I, I, I read a, I I was looking up something about this and I looked it up on the Battlestar Galactica wiki page and they mentioned and I may have got this wrong and if I got this wrong Dan edit this out <laughs> but um, that they they have a moment where they say where where Apollo and Starbuck are doing their sort of moonwalking around the Galactica and they and they say something like they're moonwalk and they have their their they have their tethers attached to them. Mm-hmm. Because when they're doing it, you can clearly see each one of them has like two wires going up attached to the like somewhere near the galactic. Like, they're zero gravity suits with like the red lights on them. Yeah. Yes, and and so I saw that and thought, oh, okay, those are the those are the tethers. But then right away, I think Apollo says, um, you have to hold on, Starbuck, because we don't have the tethers on. And I thought, oh, is that the Battlestar Galactica wiki trying to compensate for the fact that on the Blu-ray you can clearly see the harnesses <laughs> that, that are waving them around? Are they acting like like if people were to tune in and see that, they go, oh, but on the on the Battlestar Galactica page, those are the tethers. <laughs> well, it, well, it, it's what they call beloved flaws. It's always, always yes. Like, no, I keep them in because they're always fun there. Yeah. There, there's. Then, there's Oh, I got a kick. I got a kick out of also with these fire marshals. Not only are they putting out the fire, they're dousing themselves. You know, like, like yeah, yeah that on one moment. Like, wait a minute, is this turning into like the super Keystone soccer cops? Fire? Yeah, yeah. So suddenly it's like Keystone cops where they're coming out and they're getting sprayed. Whoops. Another fifteen sentences, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> 
I I think I I I um I think the thing with like being able to see the the strings for the harnesses there on the Blu-ray that that's like um like uh you know um the spider in the Godzilla movies I forget Ang- Angaris or something like that yeah. it was a was a giant like puppet marionette and so when I was a kid I don't remember ever seeing strings but when I watch it on the Criterion Blu-rays you can sometimes see the strings quite clearly and you know what I don't care. Yeah. I'm still scared of that gigantic freaking spider, so so I'm not so it's, that's that's no problem. But sometimes on this episode you can't see the strings on Lauren Green, so I think that's just that's just yeah, the technology. Oh yeah, and also to the lack of Alpo. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, so what else do you have on this one? I'm, I'm looking well, at it here. There's, I think I've gone sick bay is also the... called um, the sick bay is called Life Center. Mm-hmm. So it's we all have to do different things. It's not the rec room; it's the rejuvenation room. It's got the mm-hmm. the energizer room, you know, and everything like that. Yeah, the energizer room that doesn't have a bunny somehow. And then um, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, um, another one was dangerous solium high explosive. So you know yeah. that solium is like you know pretty much uh, kaboom stuff. But mm-hmm. the beauty part is at the end of it all, Sheba has faith that the charges are go- the, the the whole kaboom is going to uh-huh. put that out everything. And as we would learn, it does. So, yes. Isn't that, isn't that fantastic? That's isn't that? And then, of course, we get to the end, and uh, Lauren is finally out of groggy mode. Not <laughs> the not the uh, the the uh, debate on whether it's crap or trap. <laughs> of course, uh, he's out of groggy mode. Starbuck and Apollo had their great teamwork, mm-hmm. and then, of course, this time Apollo and Boxy had their nice moment, and they're in different stock freeze frame to where oh, we yes. let to our our exit moment of uh, yeah that. Um, that fleeing from the siren on uh, Turkey. Yes, yes, yeah, and and this this time, yeah, the uh, this I will say that Lorne Green's toupee is holding on real well when he's in the in the bed. Oh, quite, it's, quite it's, much, it, yes. It's looking good. It's, it's we looking at least good. don't see a label on there. At least. No, there's no. I can't see a tag or anything falling out of one side or the other or anything. I don't, he didn't put on Pernell Roberts by accident or anything. <laughs> he's it's it's we're okay. That's right. <laughs> that's Canon guest star. <laughs> Pernell Roberts. Yeah, um, um, that'll be for our canon cast that we do one day, folks. Um, and and <laughs> the private four. detective with a car with a phone in his car. Yes, and he's big, and sometimes he uses his gut to get to his advantage. <laughs> Literally, canon. Um, uh, oh, I just had one more thing, and that's uh, sure. I watched recently. Um, uh, 1973, 1974 TV movie called Man Eaters. Ooh, I, uh, I had that on my list to hopefully catch. Yeah, was, I've heard good things. Is that the Ben Gazar, I believe? Yes, it's it's fun. It's it's basically uh, I I won't go too far. It's basically a family who end up in sort of a most dangerousy game type thing Ooh, with nice. with with giant. Um, geez, I forget what type of cast they are. If they're tigers or, or leopards i'm not i'm not Cheetah, sure cougar yeah exactly so um but 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 the um but it's it's two couples uh like a husband and wife and a younger um i think kip niven who is oh, the kip kill, niven. killer yeah, well we know the, from two places he's one of the cops in magnum force yes and he's, fact, the he's i think he's the first one that yeah. gets knocked off if i'm not I mistaken think so, yeah yeah it's young young guy and he's also the guy who alerts that there's an earthquake coming to los angeles an earthquake oh that's right yeah and i was gonna say i know him as the Call me evil from New Year's Evil. <laughs> oh, great movie! Oh, yeah, super fun, super fun movie uh, with the great Roz Kelly, of course. Um, but but um, it's it's him and his girlfriend in the movie is played by 
I forgot it. Sprang is it? Oh, Lorette Sprang. Lorette Sprang. Uh, Sprang, who uh, is is Cassiopeia, and it's it's but it's her like four or five years younger. Oh and wow! She, she she's gorgeous in Battlestar Galactica. She's particularly yummy. Yeah. Uh, in man eaters, so oh, and I don't mean I, I mean yummy in the best possible way, not in a, not in a rude way. I have I, mean, I like have mo- a copy mushies. that's somewhere around, so I got yes. I got to definitely sit down and you know, hey, another one to add to the deep dive TV the picture it. show. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, so so yeah. I just I th- that's kind of all I've got because the uh, the episode is basically it starts off big, it's a continual disaster. I don't think it quite has the. Um, the build and such that it should have, and part of that is probably because they're not going to kill all the main characters. Whereas mm. in Poseidon Adventure, for example, you don't know who they're going to kill, which is part of the fun of the movie. Well, I don't know if you call it fun watching people get killed. Well, I guess it can be. Um, but well, you um, also put in the count on is who's who lives, who doesn't who make da- it, yeah, and who doesn't make it as much as the other people don't. That's who, one thing I used to love about those posters where they'd have like yes. all the people that are in it in like the different boxes. Yeah. So that way, I when you watch boxes, it, you know, yeah. if somebody gets knocked off, you put a big X through it. You know. <laughs> Thank you for playing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, so do you have anything else on this? Because where I'm watching it, um, it looks like he, he's got the uh, Colonel T, T has the the mushies. Mm. And they look like um, I don't I don't quite know how to describe. Them. They look they, almost like um, uh, like maybe like finger like a wedding like sort of little like um, um finger um cake. No, that's yeah, not what they're called. But oh, is it? Oh yeah, f- finger 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 things. Yes, exactly. It's it's like like little fingers like lady fingers. Lady fingers. Yes, they're they're like they're, they're they're rectangular and they're kind of a light green and then there's like a darker green going through them. So I don't know why. They could have promoted that later as ecto cookies, you know. So I'm telling you, could have, yeah. And I mean, if the show had gone on longer, they could have, when they open up the Battlestar Galactica cafe. Yeah, and it would be the like the muffin treatment. It's like, yeah, Muffy likes them, so could you. Our own Muffy muffins, yes. Oh yeah, mushy split, and you mushy split. There you go. Yeah, (laughs) that's fantastic. So what else do you have on this? Because I think I think I'm out. I think I think we that's pretty much it, you know. Except oh, for the fact that you know we, we you know, everybody's trapped in the the rejuvenation room. You know, like everybody's trapped yes. in a room, and every and also another tip of the hat to Irwin Allen. I mean, later on in the sequel to the Poseidon Adventure, they talk about like using the same tank, and of course here <laughs> they have life masks, which originally yes. were told there's none. Now all of a sudden <laughs> they found a few. They found you know, a few. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, good boober. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and I will I will say beyond the Poseidon adventure, not as bad as you might think it is. Exactly. It's actually, well, particularly with that cast. I mean, hey, usually you got your stock up when Tully Savalas is uh, looking to uh, yeah, even, exactly. even on his own. Who loves your baby special? It, you know, it, it, yeah, I I saw uh, a few years ago. I saw a double feature in the theater. Poseidon Adventure, Beyond the Poseidon Adventure, and watching them one right after the other, because Beyond begins the day after yeah. Poseidon Adventure, and in fact, when they go into the Poseidon Adventure to the bottom, because that's what's up at the top, right. they meet people who are still climbing their way up. So that kind of answers the question, because remember when there's one point where Jack Albertson goes in there and says, like, my God, there's people in there. 
So mm. we never got the answers to what happened to all yes. those other people. And I said, well, the sequel answers that, you know, basically. Some of them so are still making – some, of, yeah, some of them are still climbing. But it's funny because the Beyond the Poseidon Adventure is them climbing down to a certain point, mm. doing something or other. I saw it a couple of years ago. I don't remember what they were doing. And then having to go back up. So it's it's like we're digging into it, and now we can't – and now we're Poseidon adventuring it again. Right Rely on that Christmas tree. All yes. Oh, yeah. Now I want to watch it again. Jeez. <laughs> but uh, but let, let's uh, – where, where, where can we find you online if you don't have anything else? Sure. Uh, you can find me Facebook.com slash Captain Bly, where I also – you can you know, know a little bit about me and what's going on in my life. But also, too, uh, the First View Project is still going on. And mm. the great thing is that very soon we're going to be doing a thing that I'm very excited about, First View which could be found on that Instagram and Twitter and uh, Letterboxd, Captain Bly 76. Come on, find us. And then uh, on our first few uh, project, we're going to be doing very something very special this summer. We're going to be last year. We did something with the nineties movies. We got, we did 68 movies throughout the summer forecast because you know, the temperature 90 is pretty hot and, you know, try to cover a lot of nineties movies. It's great. But this year we got a little twist in that. We're going to have two other decades joining us. It's going to be 100 movies total, and it's going to be covering the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And you're not going to get the same decade in every day, but you're going to get a movie from one of those decades each day. And it's going to be 100 of them total from Memorial Day on to, that's right, Labor Day. So once we get the Jerry Lewis, you know, that's going to be the end. (laughs) Thank you again for joining me. And next up we go, where are we going? War of the Gods. Oh, oh my. All right, everyone. And next up is this. Episode 19 of Cold Chacks, but ultimate episode, The Youth Killer. March 14th, 1975, uh, written by Rudolf Borcher, directed by Don McDougall. And in this one, uh, there is a woman, played by Kathy Lee Crosby, who may or may not be Helen of Troy, and she is making sacrifices to the goddess Hecate, uh, who is keeping her young. And the way she's um, getting the sacrifices, she runs a... um, uh, like a uh, not, not a computer a dating service basically, and she just brings in very attractive people. She picks the perfect ones and she ages them to death. And Kolchak has to figure out what the heck is going on. And I have one word for you: mayonnaise. <laughs> the Youth Killer is the penultimate episode of Kolchak, and I'm here as always with Tim. S. Turner. <laughs> and you know what the S stands for. I ain't going to say it. I ain't going to say it. Tim, how are you? What's, what, how, how are you feeling? Toby. <laughs> oh, Toby. You're a pinwheel. You're... <laughs> yeah, I thought that. I thought he looks pretty much the same, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I, I know there was a point. I've seen him later things where you can. He's. He, I, isn't there. Isn't he in one of like High School USA or something like that? One of the TV movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so he's like the principal five, or something. Five, six years yeah. later. Yeah, and at that point you can see that he's being an age, but here he really does still look more or less like, you know, I expect to see uh, Maynard uh, show up and, and be a. Uh, do you think he's still beat Nikki? 
even in the midst. Oh probably, yeah, yeah. Probably. I would love it if if Maynard had showed up like as as an officer, like assistant for him. That would have been fun. <laughs> that would have been fun. And maybe right at the end, Alan Hale could uh could hit him with a hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> Um, so, so what, what did you, what, now, we're, we're near the end of the show here, obviously folks. Um, but what, yeah. did you, what did you think of the youth killer? And pardon me, I, I'm, I'm getting a bit of an allergy attack, so I'm going to try to, I'm going to mute myself while you're chatting so I'm not over sniffling, but please. Uh, well, I, I think the youth killer, you know, we've discussed in the past about, you know, them running out of monsters and things to do, uh, and ideas. And I, I think the youth killer really kind of shows them running out of ideas um and and also i i think it uh it, it almost feels like it recycles demon and lace a little bit mm. um with your you know you know draining the 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 youth from uh young vital people and everything um and i i think for me i, I it was it's okay it's kind of dull uh, and it really does show the the formula. Yes. You really start becoming aware of the of okay. You know, a, a weird weird death. Carl investigates another weird death. Carl goes and talks to an expert. Another weird death. Confrontation conclusion. You know, mm-hmm. and which is pretty much the the formula for the series but this one you it like really felt like you, you could really f- see the seams mm. if that makes any sense yeah it's it is interesting it's it's written by uh what rudolf borchert whose first one was the the ripper way back which was beginning. really good yeah yeah so you, you could yeah it's it's i um i it, it's funny i really there are some moments i really like in it i think carl does some great detectiving work yeah. in it i i like his his two big moments where he's like vincenzo that 90 year old guy who went out running and had the heart attack he would have had to uh jog f- like four miles up this hill to get to this park unless he parked his car there which he didn't so so what does that seem yeah. likely does that seem likely to you that a man who's so close to death at the age of 90 or whatever they think he is you know um would would do that and then the other thing is just just the great concept of finding the old lady dead in the bushes outside yeah. of an apartment building where there are no old people in the apartment building. Yeah, and, it's a and, sexy and, swingers yeah, complex. And, and so it's kind of, it's kind of like a cool thing where it's like you kind of look up and you go, well, did she fall from there? And if so, uh, did she live in one of those apartments? Nope, nope. We got no old people here. They're all young, attractive people who walk around in tennis shorts and skirts all day long. Oh, that's not bad. But but I do I do like there's some nice moments there with Carl, and he goes to visit the Greek guy who gives him the um, the the um, advice. I do I do like the drunk guy who tries to get in the cab. He's he's he, I found him yes. charming. Um, <laughs> I, I think that I think the thing with the episode is it just as it moves towards the ending, it doesn't have much sort of oomph to it. It's just right. just kind of there. There's Kathleen Crosby again, and she's doing her thing again, and she's got the bags under her eyes again, and now she that must be so tiring to be her. I mean, yeah. th- that doesn't seem like a sustainable thing, does it? Like to to kill all the best people. And well, you, that's that's a question I had. You know, I mean, okay, she's supposed to be Helen of Troy. Mm-hmm. That's what they they established that like in his conversation 
uh, with the the Kaz, the cab driver, played by Telly Savalas' brother, mm-hmm. or you know Sergeant Stavros yes, or whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and um, so okay, <coughs> she seems to be doing this every day. Mm-hmm. D- does this mean that she has been killing someone every single day yes. for the last eight hundred years or whatever? That yeah, that's, <laughs> that seems a bit. It's it it does it doesn't. I mean, she got it. I. I it's funny. It's it's tricky because there there are some really nice moments in it, and she's fine in the role. She doesn't. I mean, she's fine when she's um kind of schmoozing the people. She's making the Olympians and stuff like that. But it doesn't yeah. it doesn't hold up to much scrutiny, especially if if she we don't actually know if she really is Helen of Troy, do we? We just kind of surmise that. Do we actually yeah. get? Do we actually get her saying, "I am Helen"? Or, or well, is it... no. A, a, a Kaz says that oh, and. Yeah. That because he's like he says no I can't he's she her name's Helen Surtees and he's like no no she looks like every single statue or painting or whatever I've seen of Helen of Troy, mm-hmm. uh, which which again that's kind of hard to establish. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that is, that is, she looks a bit she looks a bit like the first TV Wonder Woman too. So but they they don't mention that, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, 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 I'm almost wondering if it was something where it was, it was like a, um, uh, sort of that, um, you know, she has to kill a certain number of people every few years in order to keep her youth. And until that's, until that's, and maybe the problem this time is that she doesn't realize the one guy has the glass eye. So maybe it's causing some. I'm reading into it stuff that isn't there because if, if you, like you said, has she literally been since the, the fall of Troy, like well no she would have been young then give her 20 30 years after that has she literally been like killing one person a day for hecate a- and how did she never make a mistake how did she never like how you know her first mistake is the glass eye guy that's yeah well then they established the, 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 here's the, here's the thing that i don't get then both the the first two guys that she she kills in the episode both have glass eyes mm mm-hmm. Yeah, they there's... both do. Because mm-hmm. remember, Carl finds the one eye, and then he gets another eye from Gordy the Ghoul. Yeah, in his in his last appearance, by the way, I love John Fiedler. Yeah, yeah. And and, and so he gets another glass eye, but but you never hear Carl make the connection. Oh, there's two glass eyes. Mm-hmm. He never yeah. says that. No, no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It is. Um, it's it's. Uh... Yeah, it's it's a it's it's kind of like I don't know. It felt like it needed another draft, or needed more. It's it's funny because I think if they had given more explanation, it may have made even less sense. But maybe they could have. I mean, I I like the concept that maybe this isn't maybe maybe um like the spirit of Helen of Troy passes to another woman every hundred years or something like that. Yeah, and, it takes and, over a new new body. Yes, or something. and, and yeah. she has to, and she has to do a certain thing to um, to to keep keep herself alive. Because I mean, not even Countess is it Bethory. She she didn't bathe in the virgin blood every single day. I don't think she. You know, but yeah, they didn't, I hope they, not. They, uh, yeah, you know, it was probably like once a week. <laughs> she had a good bath, and and that was cool, and that kept her young. You know, and and but it's just it's just <laughs> just the way it goes here is it's like it it would be one thing if she were like. You know, like a like a vampire, like a Scorzini, kind of off to one side doing his thing, hidden away. But she runs like the major matchmaking service in Chicago that even get gets gets give freaking Captain America Red Brown in there. Yes, um, yes. And, you know, and and it's just um, 
and, and so so it just it just seems a little there there how did she does no one ever look behind that curtain where she has the temple set up does right. d- does no one ever wonder where she came from what is she what is she like i mean it, 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 did she have a social security number like what is she like i, I don't even like <laughs> I don't like when she's filling out a W two, or she has to say like occupation or something. Does she put matchmaker or immortal Helen of Troy? You know, I, I, <laughs> immortal I, deity. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's just like it's. I I think I think the idea is fun, but the more you look at it, the more it sort of collapses. Oh yeah, there, there's so many holes and problems with it, and like I said, it really does kind of it kind of you know steals the whole demon lace succubus. Mm-hmm. kind of concept with the draining the young people uh, um you know so now they're old and why does it take carl about three quarters of the episode to go oh why don't we take the fingerprints mm. and compare to see if they've ever been arrested or been fingerprinted like mm-hmm. or maybe they're in the military or something and then we'll have our proof that this 90 year old dude is, yes. is actually the 20 or 22 year old guy because i said that at the beginning when they found the first body i'm like well just do his fingerprints yes <laughs> how hard is that yeah exactly <laughs> it, and it's it's so it's yeah it's it really is it's almost like um it's almost like rudolph, rudolph borchard's like five-year-old son or something wrote this you know it was just because there are these little <laughs> bits you know where it's like uh well well um won't they um little rudy won't they Try to find out who this ninety-year-old man is. Oh no, Dad! Nobody cares about old guys. They'll be fine. Oh, really? Okay, I'll write that in the script. <laughs> That's fantastic, you know. And, and and you know, and and so so why is Vincenzo suddenly so concerned with his health and doing yoga and all this stuff? He's, that doesn't really seem like him. Oh, Dad! It's going to be great. You know, it's 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 <laughs> it's just that there's so many moments in it that. Apart from mainly Carl, there are so many moments in it that seem slightly off, and then and then there's the scene with they with Demosthenes there and Carl where they've got mayo all over their hands, and I don't know, I don't know about that mayo scene. There's something about oh, that yeah, that made me a little nauseous. Yeah, there's something about that. Too much mayo is <laughs> made made me nauseous. Is what is what well, it is. Well, and then when he tries to help, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> Tony get up from the floor and you see his hands and it doesn't look like mayo it looks like motor oil or something yes, yeah yeah it's, it's all why, brown it's, it's like why, ew why did he hand him the hand with the mayo on it and not the one without the <laughs> because mayo? it was sticky yeah because it was, it was that that's comedy get it? yeah <laughs> I, get, I get i do i do i do i do like my <laughs> possibly my favorite moment in the episode apart from some of carl's detectiving is um uh, I, I do love the look on his face when he tries to get in the singles apartment complex and he can't. And then all of a sudden, yeah. as he's leaving, all these cops show up. They form a crowd, go towards the gate, and he gets this big smile on his face and just steps into the crowd and goes right yeah. in. Well, I do think that that there's some decent comedy moments. I mean, with Tony, Tony comes in, he's very proud That's, that he's yeah. lost five pounds. And it's really probably one of the only times that you're ever going to get Carl and Ron and Miss Emily kind of like on the same side because they're kind of looking at each other like, uh, don't you notice? Yeah. Five um, pounds. <laughs> what is there? No more work to do around here. Get back to work, everyone. Oh yeah. Well, I, I don't know if uh, if you uh, <laughs> heard me. I was talking about uh, Tony was uh, you know pissed at him about the uh, him 
pushing the 90 year old guy angry. oh yes yeah yeah and yeah. Uh, you know and he yells at him nobody cares about 90 year old people and miss emily we get a little take from miss emily look like well <laughs> <laughs> yeah there, there are a lot of, there are a lot of great uh nice little moments in it it's just the um i think the episode itself sort of gels completely by the end i i just i um yeah there's there's something about it the um that just it just it doesn't quite like like i said earlier it doesn't have an, an oomph to it it's just kind of every few minutes someone dies of old age and then suddenly Helen looks better, and then she doesn't look better, and then this, and then that, and then da da da, and Carl does his thing, and that, that ever, and then it ends. That's yeah, a, and it's pretty anticlimactic too. It's yeah. like he, he literally he goes to her her inner sanctum, he knocks over a bunch of Greek busts, and she's like, oh, that that's not going to do anything. And the next thing you know, it it does something. Yes, yes, <laughs> the over. goddess shows up and turns her to stone. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't even see what happens. Well, no, I, should, I take that back. We do, we, we see she gets turned into a statue, mm-hmm. but we never really see anything about that process. She's just standing there, and it's raining indoors on her. Mm. And then next thing you get, by the way, I think the only time you, you get this in the, in, in, the, in the series, you get a fourth wall break from Carl addressing the camera directly, oh, yes. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was weird. Yeah, that was a lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was very strange. It was like all of a sudden, whoa, Carl's talking to me. Yeah, so he, <laughs> he, Darren McGammon's just having fun now. He's just trying to have some fun. He's tired. He's he realizes the, end the, the, end's, the end's near. Yeah. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else do you have in this? I think I've actually gone through most of there. There is. It's a strange episode where there isn't... Um, there isn't a lot to it, really. It's just kind of rinse and repeat, like you said earlier. Follow the formula, and then it, then it ends. Yeah, I well, I, I like the sequence where he goes to the computer dating service uh, uh, with, uh, run by Kathleen Freeman, who I really like. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Great character actress. And um, her character is this really fun, you know, I wish we saw a little more of her in the episode because she's, she's you know, trying to push... Uh, the the less uh, physical beauty side of dating. She wants mm-hmm. it to be more about compatibility. Yeah, yeah. And she's got this great line where she says, you know, magic, love, maybe even friendship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she really, really wants to hook Carl up back. Yeah, yeah. The the and and it uh, uh, what I, what I thought there is a, there is a great moment where um or a moment I like just just um where where. She, uh, I think she says, I'm like, well, it mentions computer dating. And Carl's like, oh, my gosh, didn't that go out? Uh, I forget when he said, didn't that go out with the 60s? Or I, for, I forget exactly uh, what he says. Isn't, you know, yeah. isn't that over and over? And, and that's the great thing because that was, or, you know, when I was writing about the Henning verse, there, there's a, I think it's like circa 1967 or so, all three of the shows, Hillbilly's Junction and Green Acres, have some variation of a computer dating episode. Uh, yes, with the little... Computer yeah, the little cards. cards. Yep, yeah, yes. and that's where Oliver and Oliver and Oliver insist, yeah, that the com- computer would be correct, and then Oliver and Lisa are completely incompatible, and Lisa wants to move out. Lisa wants to have him sleep in the barn. All this, that, and the other. And the Beverly Hillbillies, they go to the computer place, but someone switches the cards, so the young man who's there for Ellie goes out with Granny, and the old man goes out with Ellie, and etc. With um, uh, Jed and. Uh, Jethro also and, and then at Petticoat Junction it's not a full episode but it's um in one of the episodes Uncle Joe gets results back from a computer dating service that he applied for 
Well, he was moving kind of slow. He was moving. That's our Uncle Joe. <laughs> so, but uh, do, do you have a, um, she and um, I, the, I, 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 I'm just say one more thing because I, I feel like I've been a bit down the steps. I'm gonna say one more thing, and then I'll let you say whatever else you have, and we can um, we can send the youth killer on, on their way. Um, but but it is I I, I just I'm, mm. I'm wondering. I sort of wonder if the fact that the you know, she she she's got the she's looking kind of old. She kills the first guy with the glass eye there, and then she's she gets a little better. But then she gets old. It looks like like a day later, a day and a half. That so that yeah. that can't be great life force then. And is and I guess it's because he wasn't perfect, uh, or maybe I don't I don't know. Um, although the goddess doesn't seem to really notice that until Carl points it out at the end. So I'm wondering if it's just right. like a de- like a defect, like in the formula or something like that. Yeah, you know, well, cause like when she she kills like the the, the young woman that's doing the yoga or, or exercises or whatever mm-hmm. on her patio, and you notice that after that she doesn't seem to get older, mm-hmm. and so it's like okay maybe that was all it took or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think what they should have done, and I would I kept anticipating it, but it, it never happened. You remember Carl got the ring stuck on his finger, mm-hmm. and what would have been interesting would have been Carl having to have a confrontation with her aging rapidly. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, That would have been cool, like if mm-hmm. he's like running out of strength, you know, as mm-hmm. he's getting older and older and manages to do something you know mm-hmm. or whatever that that takes her out and he gets and he returns to the normal but yes uh i don't know it really just felt like one of those episodes where they just ran out of ideas and yes. energy and time yes exa- <laughs> yeah that's that that's a, someone pitched an idea someone said hey that sounds good but then they never fully i it, like i said it could use another draft or two or maybe some more peril or or something yeah. Um, because you, you you get the feeling because she you know she she goes for younger perfect people that she's not really going to hurt Carl. So so that's the thing is like you said wouldn't it have been great if there was just a scene where she just puts the whammy on him as he's trying to stop her and then right. he's just getting older and older and and maybe hell maybe the next episode he could still be old <laughs> and then maybe it takes a little while to to wear off or something like that that might be fun. Um, so what what else do you have on this one? I know, like we mentioned, Red Brown makes a brief appearance. He doesn't yell, yeah. but he um, he does. He's pretty calm. Ah! <laughs> yeah, uh, Slab Bulkhead makes an appearance. Yes, yes, it's good to see you. You're the hunter from the future. Yes, uh, <laughs> I love the fact that like his only real dialogue is, of course, about exercising. Yes, yeah. He's like, yeah, maybe I should tell him, but well. Working on my packs, you know, or whatever, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> oh, Reb, oh, Reb. Um, uh, so, so, what else do you have on this one? I'm, I, I've exhausted it. There wasn't. I didn't even have many notes on this one. Either. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I, I really kind of maxed out on it. Um, it, it just, it really felt like, you know, it, I don't know if if they knew that they were canceled by this point. Mm-hmm. But it did kind of feel like one of those things where it's like, well, it's over anyway. So yeah. Yeah. Who cares? You know. Yeah. <laughs> not, that, not that not that McGavin's not giving it. His no, all. He's, I mean, he's, he is. He is a, the whirlwind he always is. It's just the script and everything else seems tired. Yeah. yeah. It, it just it just felt like they were starting to repeat themselves with it hmm. and uh, a little too much and the 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 sparks just really not there overall for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll so we'll see. Will 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 the closing episode, of the century, um, uh, get us more 
<laughs> pardon my <laughs> sorry, but I'm gonna say that again. Will the final episode of the century get us, you know, more excited about Carl and his adventures, or will it just kind of wind down the show? We'll see. We'll see next time. That'll be our final Kolchak chat, everybody. Oh, oh no. Uh, so Tim, where can we find you online or anywhere else? Well, you can find me and my co-host Kelly Hogaboom <laughs> <Hey. laughs> on uh, our podcast, Beauty the Beast and the Bees. Uh, you know, we do bee films and genre films. I believe about the time that this comes out, we'll be doing uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, cool, cool. And um, I, I believe this might be a favorite of yours, Girls' Night Out. Oh, yes. And I'm not sure what Kelly's picking. I just know that, uh, you know, I might be in for it. But (laughs) (laughs) it it, it ought to be a lot of fun, though. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, Yeah, as we're we're recording this, I think Girls' Night Out is due out on Blu-ray. Finally. Finally, that was was one of those slashers where I was like, where's where's Girls' Night Out? How come no one's put out Girls' Night Out yet? So it'll be nice to see. Yeah, I I, I follow the tracking. It's coming on Monday. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) I think mine's on Tuesday, so... (laughs) I'm looking forward to that. So so that is the youth killer, everyone. And now uh, let us go on to this. Episode 5 of Tales of the Gold Monkey, Escape from Death Island, directed by James Frawley, who directed the Muppet movie. I'd forgotten that until recently. Written by Peter Elliott and Stephen Katz, October 27th, 1982. And this one, uh, Jake, Jack, and Corky fly an English guy to a, um island prison uh, camp colony thing uh, to try to uh, uh, free the man's son, who had led an escape attempt and has now been kept in like a hot box oven kind of thing that's not doing well and the people who run the colony are not very nice and you just know as you're sitting there watching it that eventually yeah all of them are going to wind up prisoners in the camp and they do and they have to find a way to escape from death island escape from death island gold monkey's back and with it we've got kristen hawes aka kiki writes how are you kristen I'm doing well, Dan. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I I think we're gonna dive right into this one. This 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 sweaty, rain-soaked, stinky episode. Escape from Death Island. What a name, huh? Oof. Um. And uh, what what do you think of this one? What do you think of this one with the gang at Death Island? You know, just to clarify, so it turns out that Death Island is not actually the holiday retreat island that you might think it is. <laughs> Club paradise, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it, I like this episode. It's just that it's it's kind of a grim episode. And what's funny about it is that there's a lot of actually funny lines that kind of balance it, but still it's like it's not necessarily a fun episode. But I I like it well enough. I think it's a good episode. It's just not fun. Yeah. What do you think of it? <laughs> yeah, I, I I I would go I would go that same route. There are, there are some good lines in it in some moments, but it's it's one of those. I there there's just something about the fact that they go there with that guy 
to try to get his son and then his son is half dead when they get there and completely dead by the end and there's something about that that's, that's and they just sort of barely get out with their lives kind of thing so so it's sort of like they went there to get the son and all they did was get themselves imprisoned and then they escaped but the son was already dead so there's something about that that's kind of gr- very grim right there and even, even but, but there's that lovely moment in the, where the the son writes i love you dad in the sand um uh, uh which jake sees which which is really really lovely but um but it is yeah it's not the um you know it starts off with a bunch of guys on the run and like natives and other people are killing them and then it ends with um just barely getting away with their lives and um and in between yeah there are a few few humorous moments uh corky um after he gets bit by the uh Whatever the hell it was, it a snake? I I forgot. I'm guessing it was a water oh, snake. Yeah, after he gets bit, by, he he has the great like all these memories come flooding back to him, and he just gabs and gabs, and that's that's pretty funny. And um, there's there's some other good moments in it too. But I I will say the only the the only the only two drawbacks for me is I, I was I was never a big fan of the dad. There's something about, like, as they're getting ready to leave the island, and the dad shows up with his son dressed as a guard, and he's, like, dragging him along. Like, what are you doing? Come on. we got to get him off the island. What's going on? What's, and I'm watching it going, are they they're seriously believing that they're going to get away with this? <laughs> this, this, this? This is ridiculous. And then and then they get caught, and it's like, oh, well, you knew that was going to happen. And then in the end, when they're running for their lives, and um, they stop, um, to get uh, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess them up again. I'm gonna mess up Jack and Jake again. Um, <laughs> they stopped. They stopped because I, I didn't write it down. I, they stopped to go get the dog, and and the and the and the dad goes, "What? We're running for our lives, and you're stopping to get a dog?" And I wanted one of them to say, "The only reason we're running for our lives is because you did that stupid thing where your son, who was practically Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's, you put him in the guard suit, and we had to drag him along and pretend like he was moving, and put him in the plane." So don't you give me crap about him going back for my dog. I did, yeah, there was something about that dad I didn't like, and um, he just—I um, don't know. I, I, <laughs> there was something about him I didn't like, and it's just that tree, that one thing too, where the moment they get to the island you know they're going to be prisoners on the island. You don't know how, and you hope it's not for something stupid. And it was it, it, it was for something kind of dumb, but it wasn't it wasn't like they didn't make up a law. You know, or suddenly say, um, you know, like, uh, I don't, they're the guy in charge and say, I don't like you, now you're prisoners or something. They actually tried to sneak someone off the island, and that's illegal, so they got put in prison. But there, but there is a kind of, a feeling of, once they reach the island, you're like, okay, how long till we're all, we're all prisoners? Uh, and you kind of, and I kind of sat there going, okay, are we there yet? Uh, is it happening? Oh, finally, okay. Now you felt like you could move along at that point. But apart from that, yeah, it's, uh, there's some there's some good stuff in it. There's some fun running around, um, some fun uh, some fun action, good good chase in the end. You know, it's it's, pre- it's pretty much got what you need from an episode called Escape from Death Island. Yeah, there was definitely an escape from yes. Death Island. When it was Death Island, and the um, and I did like the big guy. Who uh who uh Jack takes to? Um, oh, was... Henri. Yes, yes, I did like him. Yes. And and um and uh, and and I I liked him and I didn't like the bad guys. So what what more what more do you need? I mean that's the way it works. That's the way it should work. So, uh, what else do you have? What is the, what else do you have on this one? Uh, what what do you think? What do you think of Corky when he got bit there and went off on his his tangents? 
Okay, you know me. I love my my favorites in peril. <laughs> yes. And so, of course, Corky gets bit. And, yeah, he's recalling all this stuff, and it's like, you know, oh, I remember where I left your thing. It's like on a dock in Shanghai. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just all of this stuff. And the payoff for that is when he gets back, because, spoiler alert, he lives. Um, <laughs> they get back to the, the monkey bar, and he's like, um, they're saying, or Sarah's like, Jack says, or Jake said that, um, you could remember everything after you got bit by the, the snake. And he goes, I don't remember that. Yes. <laughs> like, so it's funny in the moment when he's recalling all of this stuff while he's basically dying. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then when you get back to, to the end of the payoff, there's this second joke of, oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> the uh, he, he needs to pick up the Tales of the Gold Monkey DVD set and he can catch the scene. Yeah. Then he would remember. The... Uh, I, I think I, I just like I like it's not and by the way I don't it's not called Death Island right it's actually like Laguna Island or something like yeah that. it's got a name I didn't write it down they just yeah they just called it yeah they just called it death and it's exactly as you'd expect there's a shore there's guys with guns standing all around there are um, there are uh, prisoners dressed in what look like uh, rather comfy PJs doing something or other. They're doing that sort of yeah. vague, that vague thing that you see like prisoners do, where they're like, I mean, what are they doing in that swamp? They're like pulling. It's, they're they're clearing the swamp. It's vague, hard labor. So they're clearing like fallen trees out of the swamp, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's how Corky ends up getting bit. But yeah, it's just basically pointless hard labor to punish them because they're prisoners. I do wonder what's worse, doing the pointless hard labor or being the guy who stands there with a the gun for eight hours watching people do pointless hard labor. I know, because that's like, not only are you on your feet the whole time sweating and not doing anything, but you're watching other people. It's like watching paint dry. I mean, you're just watching other people do it. (laughs) You'd be bored out of your mind. It's it's not like they have Walkmans or anything they could put on and just take a little break or you know put on the put on the uh, put on the radio or something. They're just standing. I've always I've always thought that it's got it's got to be it's got to be rougher to be a guard in a nasty place than we think it is. Yeah, you're just begging for someone to try to escape because it will break up the monotony. Yeah, yeah, you're hoping. Or Corky getting bit by a snake. Well, that's yes. new. That's different. Yes, uh, <laughs> and you just, or you're just hoping maybe they'll they'll just look at you and say, "Hey, guy, you want to help us out?" I was hoping they'd ask. They never ask. They ask. Yes, I'd love to. What are we doing? We're hauling this old tree out of the swamp. Why? Shh. No. No. Don't do that. We 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 always send um we always send uh Jean over there to watch the guards because he's the best at going shh not talking. Yeah, that was the great thing. Not only do you have to pull out these um these trees out of this swamp, but you also can't talk about it. <laughs> There's no discussing the tree pulling. Yeah. it looks it looks like just what they're doing is just. It's I don't even know. I mean, it's like they're they're up to like their 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 like shoulders, almost their necks, in in the swamp water, and there's just a huge piece of wood and some rope, and it's just like you sit there going, oh man, wow. I can I can see why he didn't when when he was told he'd have to stay for a week. I can see why a week would have been rough. That yeah. Ain't, that ain't no summer now camp. A thought just occurred to me. What if there's like actually two shifts of prisoners and during the day they pull the logs out and yes. in, at night they put the logs back? That's probably. It's like the Sisyphus prison. 
Yes, that that makes perfect sense. You know what? I put my initials on the side of the log we hauled out of here the other day, and I'm seeing my <laughs> I'm seeing my initials. How to get back in the water? I don't know. I don't know. It rolled. Shh, not talking. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I mean, it's it's the. Uh, it's it, it it is a fun sort of um, prison area to look at because you know they've got like they've got like a huge like machine gunny Gatlin gun type thing on the dock to shoot anyone that approaches. They don't get a lot of visitors, I would imagine. So I hope those guys don't have to man that all day long because that would be a little dull. They probably have cards. Yeah, they could yeah. probably talk to each other. Mm, that's true. That's true. I, I don't. Um... Although I, I would bet that that one, not the commandant, his second in command there, probably would shush him a bit. Hey, yeah. watch, watch the gun. We haven't had anyone come by here in five days. Watch the gun. Okay, sorry. Yeah, and he's the, a little overzealous. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, and they've got they've got one of those great like towers, and you know the guy guy up tower like two three stories up in the air. I'm not sure what he what he would be looking for. I mean. I, 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 at nighttime, I could see, but during the middle of the day, when there are like forty guards there, do they need? I mean, what is he like? You know, like uh, the guys with the gun are goofing around again. Okay, thanks, Steve. Thanks a lot. You know, but but I don't know what the what the guy guard in the tower is accomplishing in the middle of the day when there are looks like there are more guards than there are prisoners. I know you got to. I mean, how about we built the tower? Let's use yeah. it. Yeah, gotta use it. He's yeah. on the payroll. We gotta put him to work. <laughs> uh, let's see what what else about this one. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, that that um, that the poor son there. He just you, you see him in the opening scene, and then when you see him after that, he's he's half dead, and then he's completely dead. And he's there. Yeah. There's 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 something there's something about that where they never quite. They, they, there's never really a moment apart from when he writes in the sand before he dies there's never really a moment where you get like a moment with like the father and son sort of like making a connection or, or anything like that it's just he's just he's, he's like he's too far gone already and they couldn't get him out of there so he died which I guess is what Death Island does to you yeah I, they Island. needed a death for Death yeah, exactly. Island mm-hmm. And I, I, I well, liked it. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Well, it was also interesting that they, because um, he was supposedly sentenced there for a justifiable homicide, and oh yes, that's yeah. what the father said. And um, when Louis comes to finally visit, and he's the one who arranges their week there, because the commandant totally snows him about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, he, according to Louis, it's. That it was. It might be justifiable homicide in England, but not in the islands, and that's the law they were going by. And then later, you find out that he basically just like shot his lover and and her lover or something like that. It wasn't yes. really. It didn't sound very justifiable to no, me. No, no. Yeah, that was odd. that was odd. I never quite. I never quite grasped it. Which I don't think they told Dad that because I just, the commandant. I think just. I think it was the commandant that told. Jake that, mm-hmm. but I don't think they told the dad. So I guess he died believing his son committed a justifiable homicide. But they kind of made it look like he was a little bit worse than what he actually was. So his yes. death was a little bit tempered by the fact that he was kind of a shitty person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like we feel sorry that your your son died, sir, and that he died in this horrible place. But he was kind of a bastard. So yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's not that bad. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. It's a, it's yeah, it's. It's it's weird because the the son is almost like um, a living sort of MacGuffin in the episode. You know, mm-hmm. he he's there and they're trying to save him, but it doesn't really matter if they save him or not. He's kind of dead already, and maybe he did this, maybe he did that. None of it matters really in the end, because yeah. in the in the end it's about in the it, because in the end uh, a Corky gets gets poisoned and they have to rush Corky out of there. So so it's not like they're they're thinking about the son really anymore. No, because once again, you have Jake, who is risking everything to save Corky, his Mm. bestie. And um, because he ends up getting he ends up getting thrown in the oven. Yes. With if you've ever seen Bridge of the River Kwai, they had one of those there, too. Mm. Um, But he gets thrown in the oven with the the son. And that's how he finds out that he's dead is because Mm. he's died in there. So that's fun. (laughs) <laughs> and like, well, that's how he found the message. No, they saw him take. I guess they saw his body taken out, but they found the message mm-hmm. in there because he got thrown in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's the more I talk about it, the grimmer, the gr- grimmer it gets, and then and then the whole thing, the whole big twist, which isn't, which is kind of underplayed. The whole big twist being that the commandant and the second in command are actually prisoners too, who yeah. took who took over the prison. Uh, kind of gives it a little when you watch it a second time kind of kind of gives it a different feeling because it stops they stop being um like government men who are far too into their jobs and are jackasses and instead are like you know convicted crazy felons you know it's 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 like a variation of you know like the um you don't look in the basement of your asylum or something where someone goes into uh, an insane asylum discovers that the uh the inmates have taken over kind of thing yeah it's funny it seems awful. Everything that they're doing, it seems cruel and, you know, unnecessary when you think it's like an actual government person. They're just like, yeah, he as Jake, uh, Jack, Jake, damn it. <laughs> as the, as, as the, the human person there says that, you know, I recognize a sadist when I see one mm-hmm. saying that basically the commandant enjoys his job a little too much and that the suffering of the prisoners isn't really necessary. But at that point, it's like, there's almost this flavor of it's it's somewhat acceptable because he's in charge because he's the government person. Yeah. But when you find out that it's a a prisoner, now suddenly it's even more monstrous. Which actually it's kind of more monstrous the other way. I think when you when you see that it's an uh, another prisoner doing it, you're like, wow, damn! And they didn't rise up and like kill you for being yes. rude to them. Because yeah. you're one of them, man. Yeah, you would you would think. Yeah, and how how do you get control of all the guards and everything? I mean, I do they uh, were the guards the, like? Well, I I think it's the guards prisoners too. The, the, the second the in guards? command was. Mm-hmm. We know for a fact the second in command, the shush guy was. Uh huh. But I'm guessing some of the other ones were probably like his friends. Oh, possibly. But still, yeah. I, I mean, like, so is that how this is? Is like the, your prison gang took over, and so you're punishing the rival prison gang or just other yeah. prisoners that weren't part of your clique? Or is the or is the reason why you want to keep everyone away from the island is that just basically half of you are dressed as guards, half of you are dressed as prisoners, but you're all the same? Yeah. You know, well, it, it, yeah. they wanted to to they were trying to keep people away until the supply ship. Because mm-hmm. they're going to take over the supply shift. I can understand that island's a drag. Yeah. But 
you made it the drag. I mean, you could have yes. like taken over Death Island and been like, it's now called Party Island. Yes, exactly. Club Paradise, baby. Let's do it. And yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 funny. The, the more the more I thought about, it, the less I didn't quite understand. Because I mean, maybe that's maybe that's one of the laws of the islands. If if you're a prisoner and you kill and you and a friend kill the two people in charge. Then you're in charge, and, and the guards now have to follow you. I don't understand their laws. It's like a weird game of tag. Yeah, like, it, I'm it now. You work for me. Yeah, exa- exactly. I mean, because all all the all the the prisoners all fall in line, and the guards all work for him. But he's a prisoner. Yeah. Ha, I, I, mm. And he is he is pretty good. They're pretty good at being nasty. The the scene where um. The scene after they tried to escape with the with the almost dead son, and the second in command there's like sitting in the um the big bamboo chair with his water and everyone else is sweating and dehydrated and he's slowly drinking the water and the dad tries to get some and he pours it on the ground. But then mm-hmm. Jake has the great little, little thing where he says, um, uh, you know, that he, he shouldn't do anything about it, but he was just thinking something like what his mom would say and his mom would say, help out. <laughs> and I think he goes up there and he pours the water and he gives it to the, the guy, dad who gives it to the son. And then the second command punches him. And I, I like that moment very much because he punches him and Jake goes, I deserve that. And then he punches him again. And he says, I didn't deserve that. And then he decks him. <laughs> Jake's got some, he's got some very good moments in this. The moment when Corky in the rain, like that moment when it looks like, you know, Corky, they need to get Corky off the Island and the, and the Spaniard, the, the doctor or whatever the heck he is on the Island can't help him anymore. And he's like storming through the rain, like pushing yes. guards over, trying to get to the commandant to say, he's, he's got some great, he's got some very good moments in this and he keeps his head when he's in the oven too and luckily he's got a very smart dog yes. to help him out there a very smart Which dog oh I'm the sorry the commandant was like shoot the dog and I'm like okay so we're never gonna be friends yes exactly shoot the dog yeah yeah that's a it's um it's a strange place is Death Island don't go don't yeah, go don't, don't go yeah, it's it's and, zero and, out of ten. Do not recommend. Yeah, yes, yes, and it, and it's it's one of those things where they um they keep it just vague enough so that you don't really question it too much, mm-hmm. unless you watch it a couple of times, then talk about it with someone on a podcast. And then, then you we start question to, everything. Everything, yes. So then then you start to um then you start to yeah. So um let's see yeah yeah uh, um yeah Jack has some good moments where he's running around, then he hangs out with Henri. And um, uh, I, I do like the um, uh, take me to Henri, and then you see like uh, Jack like run through the rain into a corner, and then Jake just kind of casually strolls to that same spot. <laughs> like, yeah, it's pretty good. And then there's like a hidden they they go inside some sort of box or something, or and then suddenly they're underneath the main office or something, something like that. Like, hey, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Um. Uh. What? Oh. Oh. Um. I. Yeah. I. I do. If. I mean. If you're going to take over an island like this, I guess. Um. You. Yeah. The. The. Uh. The. The. The comment down there. I mean. He's really. He's really doing it in style. I mean. Like yeah. he always. He always has like a glass of cognac. He's got a really great spread for dinner, even though it's only three of them. He's got he, an assortment of wonderful-looking cheeses. On the table, and he's just he's just living the life. Now I'm not sure, how, you know, if <laughs> what anyone else eats on the island. Probably not very well. Again, then why are we working for this guy who gets to drink all the cognac and eat all the food and eat all the cheese? 
the poor Corky, he couldn't he couldn't indulge in the cognac because it wasn't beer, so he yes. just went without. Yeah, yeah, and that's another good good Jake scene too. Just the way he sort of he's kind of pushing the commandant a bit. And yeah. um, and I, I I like that and that actually I thought that was going to be the moment where like the commandant said something like you can't talk to me like that go in the oven you know or go you're you're a prisoner or something like that but he does the commandant doesn't he doesn't they don't they don't get arrested until they do something arrestable if that's a correct word yeah that sounds good to me I like yeah it. yeah I like it but um oh, what else do you have on this one I think I'm actually talked through almost everything I got here. Um, well, we should mention that Sarah is not actually in this episode very much. Mm. She gets left behind um, for this trip. And it's great because when they realize that there's something wrong, that that uh, Jake and, and Corky and Dad over there have been arrested, um, she's pleading with Louie to demonstrate. And he first tells her that there's nothing that he can do. And so she storms off, and so that's when Louis sneaks off to go to Death Island, and he's, yes. like, leaving Gushy to explain it to her uh, <laughs> when yeah. she finds out because she's going to be mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but meanwhile, Sarah goes and she radios um, for help because, mm-hmm. um, you know, she's a spy, and she tries to get help from the U.S. government, and they keep sending her to different consulate offices because mm-hmm. that's how efficient the U.S. government is. Yes. So... <laughs> And then Louis does go. He's the one that brokers the the. They have to be punished for a week and then get mm-hmm. to come back. But um, yeah, it did not it did not work out well. No. They had to escape first. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they had to. And the um, so I'm going to say another thing, and I, I mentioned that I didn't like the uh, um, the dad character all that much. And there's just something about him that that kind of rubbed me the wrong way um, with him. Um, at, with the dog thing was one thing. You're going back for a dog, <laughs> um, yeah. but 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 just the moment like where they Jake goes back to get Jack and Corky, who's who's obviously not well, um, and the dad like rush to the dock, and the plane is maybe fifty feet away from the dock, and there's a boat there that can get them to the the dock. But when uh, uh, when Jake actually gets Jack and they no no Jack somehow on the boat already because Jake is Jack runs up ahead and then Jake is running towards the dock and when he gets to the dock he sees the dad's already put Corky in the boat and they're halfway to the plane I thought you weren't gonna wait (laughs) you're gonna make him swim he's being chased by like his crazy tribe and you you, that was a little odd to me because I thought where are you going the guy who pilots the plane isn't on the boat yeah, who's gonna fly you, the dog? Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. It was it was so weird to see because it was like, you know, it was like, yeah, if if you get to the boat first, just row it to the plane. I'll find some way to get there. You know, I'll swim. Well, why don't we wait for you? We're all going to the same spot. Yeah. And it was. I mean, I I understand. You know, like he's maybe thinking, well, maybe maybe he's uh, Jake's not gonna make it. But if Jake doesn't make it, then you're just sitting ducks in a plane. Yeah. You know, Unless uh, you suddenly have a pilot's license, sir. Yes, I mean, Corky's yeah. in no shape to fly. No, no. So that that was just a, that was another odd moment with the dad, where I was like, "Why did you take the boat?" I mean, I could see maybe you're nervous or something like that, but I would have I would have had I would have had the boat ready, so when he he when 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 Jake hit the dock, he could just jump right in the boat and you could take off. 
Uh, but that that was just that was just that was just another. I don't fully understand the dad's character. I'm sure we won't have to see him again, so we'll be we're okay. So yeah, but um, on the other hand, if he didn't take the boat to the plane, then we would not have had that harrowing swim chase at the true. end. True, it's it's a pretty good one. They, the I mean the 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 tribe there they're right on him. I mean they're right there and they're grabbing at him as he's swimming as he's trying to get in. They're right on him. So it's it's a good it's a good close swimming chase which is fun um what what else do you have i think i think that was the last thing i had oh yeah you mentioned sarah um Kids. yeah death island cheeses um because <laughs> um, um, there were a lot of great lines in this mm-hmm. episode there were fun lines in this episode two of my favorites was when Louis goes back to Sarah's room to tell her that he's brokered them to come home in a week. They'll get a week of punishment. He goes and knocks on her door, and she's been radioing, so she's got to put everything away so he doesn't see it. And he's like, she's like, just a minute, I'm not decent. And he's like, well, for heaven's sakes, then open the door. <laughs> yes, that was, a good... <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. yeah. And the other one was, was Corky was telling Jake to leave him behind. Because you know he was so sick from the venom, mm-hmm. which, by the way, you should not suck venom out of. I've heard that. Plants. Yeah, yeah. Um, so shame on you, Jake. You're propagating yeah. bad info. Anyway, what do you do? Do you, do you know what? What? what do you you do? Uh, tourniquet, tie it off oh, okay. so it doesn't get to the heart, and you get them to the hospital as soon as possible so they can get in a venom. Oh, okay. That's the that correct makes sense. behavior. Yes. There you go. There you go. You're learning something while you're listening to us talk about that. Yes, items. yes. And now, if, obviously, if you have a certain fetish <laughs> and you need to do that, then go ahead. <laughs> I'm not going to – we don't put anyone down here for whatever they judge. got on their minds. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we don't judge. Just make sure you've got the consent right. of the person who's been bit. Yes, that's important. Consent mm-hmm. is important. Mm-hmm. But anyway – um, he's telling uh, Jake to, to leave him behind, and Jake's like, leave the best airplane mechanic between here and Hawaii, and Corky's like, I'm the only airplane mechanic <laughs> between here and Hawaii. <laughs> but that doesn't yeah. mean you can't be the best, Corky. Yes, exactly. Um, so let's see, I think that is all I have on this one. Yeah, I think it's, it's a fun mm-hmm. episode with a couple of... Uh, again, I, I wasn't so fond of the dad and the sons. Like I said, it's pretty much Bernie. Uh, throughout his scenes, and um, uh, and um, and I still don't understand exactly the way though how those two guys took over the island. Um, I mean, unless they did something where they killed him during the night. No, because they they were prisoners though. I was trying like like something where maybe they never saw the commandant or, or something like that. Maybe, maybe it was there's good. Could it have been something like we we got a new commandant arriving? And we don't know what he looks like. No, but they're, she's still they're prisoners. They, they would they yeah. would say, "Wow, you look exactly like those two prisoners that aren't here anymore." Yeah, I don't think we're meant to think about that too okay. deeply. Okay. All right, I will stop yeah. then and ask. Uh, <laughs> do you have anything else? I just have one little bit of trivia, right. and that is that the father that we've been talking about so much, um, Jerry Gibson, he was actually in an episode of Magnum PI. Hey! Yay! Awesome. Uh, so. That's Escape from Death Island. Def- definitely one worth watching if you can get over a couple of bumps, which might just be me. Might <laughs> just be me. Um, so, so Krista, where can we find you online? You can find me at akakikiwrites.com. It is the home of my podcast, Bookum Dano, an old Hawaii Five-O podcast. You can also find me at my blog, kikiwritesabout.com. And if you want to hear me give my reviews of Death Island, 
the not-so-good holiday spot in real time, <laughs> you can do that by following me on Twitter at Kiki Writes. Excellent. And thank you again, as always. Next uh, episode up we got is Trunk from the Past, and this episode of Adventure Super Train is over, and I'm going to go from here, me, to over there. Still me. Me? Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm trying to keep this episode as short as I possibly can, so I'm not going to yak too long here. Addy Super Train 1, Twitter, Facebook, eventually Super Train, eventually Super Train.blogspot.com. You can email me at dannyslacks at yahoo.com. Please do. I'll talk to you soon. I'm going to end it here. Let's go.